What's going on? Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. It is heard live every day from noon to three on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content like invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with all the links, become a patron, go to thepetecalendarshow.com. Make sure you hit the subscribe button, get every episode for free, right to your smartphone or tablet. And again, thank you so much for your support. Some breaking news, um, although I don't know what is true. That's not the, that great. That's not the breaking news part. All right. The breaking news is that James O'Keefe and Project Veritas have split. And the reason I'm saying it like that is because I don't know who left whom. One accounting is that uh, or one account is that uh, he resigned. Another account is that the board removed him from his position. Um, R.C. Maxwell, who is a friend of O'Keefe's, he says James was removed uh, by the board. They are in charge now. But, who is this? Reporter McCabe uh, with O-A-N-N, He says that uh, James O'Keefe just read his resignation letter to his former team and board members at their New York headquarters. He will make his own way, as he always has before. And uh, McCabe says that James O'Keefe is his friend and former boss. So I don't know who left whom, whose decision it was. You can't quit. You're fired, that kind of thing. But um, either way, it looks like it's the same uh, conclusion, which is, uh, Project Veritas is no longer associated with James O'Keefe and vice versa, which I'm not really sure. Not really sure Project Veritas is Project Veritas without James O'Keefe. But that's that, that said, I and I was only I was only aware of like that there was something going on there like last week, and I, I haven't gone in depth on any of the details, but we'll see what comes out now. Um. All right, so did you watch the uh did you watch the Super Bowl? And did you see the ads? Uh Christy and I were talking about one of them we saw uh well there were two actually that ran during the Super Bowl. And apparently there is outrage over these two ads. He gets us. You remember the ads? Did you see the ads? If you did not watch the Super Bowl cuz you're still protesting the NFL or whatever. Um <laughs> or you don't care about football, that's fine too. Um, but it's always good to watch for the ads. Even people like who don't like football like watching for the ads because there are some, you know, usually some funny ads and whatever. It's one of the few things left in our society that actually we all experience together, right? It, it is a homogenizing agent, I think, for our society. It's a good thing for us all to 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 have a shared experience. Um, so. There were two ads that ran during the Super Bowl, black and white ads, and they got a lot of attention because of how different they looked, but also because of um, the message at the end. And you're you probably are seeing some of these billboards. I, I saw one the other day, uh, over the weekend rather, uh, in Charlotte, and it's about Jesus, and it says He gets us, all of us, and. Uh, let me see here. Let me skip ahead. This is from Business Insider. So the first one 
is a photo montage of children helping each other. And uh, the end of it shows that, remember the video of the two little kids that were friends? They were, I mean, like toddlers. They were like, you know, two or three years old. And they hadn't seen each other because of the pandemic lockdowns. And then they, uh, they, the parents bring them out together. And you see these two little kids come running down the sidewalk, like in their, you know, toddler toddling <laughs> way that they do. And they go running down the sidewalk and then they hug each other. And one of the kids is white and one of the kids is black. That that's what ended the uh, the ad, and then it says, um, "Jesus didn't want us to act like adults." And then it's got Jesus's name, and then the uh, the us in Jesus uh, stays, but the J E S drops, so it fades away, and it repla- it gets replaced by He gets us, Jesus. He gets us, all of us. That's the message. That was the first ad. The second ad shows contrasting images of protests, fights, arguments, and then the words come up that say, Jesus loved the people we hate. And then it says, he gets us, all of us. So what is so outrageous about these ads? I think it's that Jesus' name was mentioned. I think that's what really did it. I think it riled people up. I think it riles people up who don't want to hear the name Jesus. I do. I think that's what this is about. Because so far, the, uh, uh, some of the criticism is weird. It, 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 it's a reach. <laughs> Just to, to say the least, it's a reach. So, Business Insider says the commercials whose slogans referred to Jesus aimed to promote Christianity through depictions of both unity and division, according to the campaign website. The $20 million pair of Super Bowl ads are part of a larger $100 million campaign launched last spring, according to the Washington Post. But the campaign, called He Gets Us, has spurred backlash in some circles, as both right- and left-wing figureheads question their background and depiction of Christianity. All right. So first, I'm going to skip ahead to the end here where they, they talk about a couple conservatives not being happy about this campaign, because this can be dispensed with pretty quickly. First, uh, Allie Beth Stuckey. Is that her name? Allie Beth Stuckey? She says, while I pray God uses the He Gets Us ads to bring people to Christ— the campaign presents a false, worldly Jesus instead of pointing people to the true gospel. I don't know what that means. I didn't take that as an either-or message from either of the ads. I didn't... You're trying... This part of the problem, I think, is where people um, fall away from, from God and church is because it doesn't feel like it pertains any longer. It... it it's all, you know, olden times, and they speak in different languages, and uh, they wear different clothes. It's like a society that you have no connection with. So you got to try to bring it into, into, make it real, right, into daily application. How are we seeing this stuff unfold in our daily lives, right? That's what preachers do. That's what priests do. Do they not? Right? They try to take these, these age-old wisdoms and convey them to contemporary society. And apply it. So I didn't get that. So I don't know what that criticism is about. She says, I mean, and she is praying for it to successfully 
bring people to Christ. So it's not like she's attacking the campaign or wanting it to fail, but she says it presents a false worldly Jesus. And I don't know how how that occurred, but maybe I missed something. Then there's Charlie Kirk. And he says he gets us is running a $20 million ad on Sunday. Do you think open borders is biblical? I, I don't even, again, I, I don't know what that means. $20 million ad is, so was that about a specific ad that maybe I didn't see? But the ones I saw didn't really, they didn't talk about the border crisis. They talked about Jesus getting all of us, right? And they talked about, um, showed the kids that, like, Jesus didn't want us to act like adults. He wanted us to be childlike, right? That's that's talking about Scripture, to be childlike. In, in your love for other people, right? That's in your acceptance of other people. That's the, that's what, I thought that's what that was about. I, and then what was the other one that uh, Jesus loved the people we hate? Which is true, right? Love thy neighbor, right? That's the whole, that, that's, that's the whole message, is it not? What am I missing here? I don't understand these criticisms from Charlie Kirk and Allie Beth Stuckey. Maybe somebody can explain it to me. Now, I do understand the uh, outrage that came from the left because that's just them being left. I mean, they're going to left. That's what they do. Um, But I also wonder if there's something a little bit more mm, biblical about it, you know, a little bit more spiritual about it, that just seeing Jesus' name prompts the kind of reaction that, that you see. I just wonder, is that a manifestation of evil that I'm witnessing? And I don't, like, look, I'm you know me, I'm not running around, you know, uh, thumping Bibles and stuff and giving out scripture passages and all of that. But it does make me wonder, oh, is that, I remember hearing something about this. I remember, yeah, 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 like, as soon as you see that his name is on your screen and, you're, and, and that's the kind of reaction you get, you, you might want to consider why it's prompting this kind of a reaction in you. All right, we'll get to some of Oh, and then there's a local connection too. Did you know that? Yeah, there's a Charlotte advertising agency and they're very upset with the controversial ads because people think they did them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me go over here and get Lloyd on the program. Hello, Lloyd. Welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, great. How are you doing, Pete? Good, good. So what did you think of the uh, the ads? Yeah, I just I just tuned in. Uh, I wanted your thoughts on this. Uh, my perspective is, I, I didn't mind the ad per se, but I think it could open up Pandora's box of religious divisiveness. So next year, what if there's an ad for Allah, you know, and the A.H. drops off, and it's he's in us all. Or Buddha, you know, the last few letters could drop off, and he's our bud. <laughs> I think that just opens that up for that. So I'm just curious to hear your thoughts on that. I'm fine with that. Yeah. No, yeah, it, I, I'm fine with that. I People are allowed to, that's what the country was founded on, this idea right. that you're all free, we are all free to uh, to express and practice whatever faith we would like. And if people want to spend money on ads to attract more uh, you know, congregants to their pews or they want more followers uh, you know, to their religious ideas, they they should be free to do so. 
Right. I don't find that. So why do you think that would be divisive to uh, to show commercials about religion? I think because I think this is actually the core issue. I think this is the yeah. I think this is really the problem is that people find it divisive. Why is it divisive? Right, exactly. And, and I was just thinking those that are on the right side, both mm. liberal and conservative, you know, this would be more of an uproar if, when they see the ally. You see what I'm saying? Right, but, but, it's, but the core issue is the same. Why yeah. would people get outraged over an ad promoting a particular religion? I agree. I agree. I agree with you. Yeah, with there you. shouldn't be any yeah. outrage over that. It's just people expressing an opinion. I mean, look, I, I could make the argument that uh, that atheism is in and of itself a faith. You're, right. It is a faith as well. And we get all of that all the time. I mean, not you know, not out there saying, you know, uh, don't believe in God, be an atheist kind of thing, but we right. get it all the time through all sorts of other uh, media, you know, like TV shows, movies and such. We get a secularized view of the world. So, uh, So why not? have the ability to promote a, a particular religion. I don't find it to be divisive. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. All right. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Just wanted to get your thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate the call, Lloyd. Thank you. I, I think that's... It, and it's just for this ad. And by the way, I would say the same thing. If there was a mosque that advertised, if there was a temple that advertised, right, and people would be getting mad, uh, whoever they would be, I don't care, it's silly to be offended that some church is running an ad. I mean, that, that's like saying what uh, the Jesus Christ Church of Latter-day Saints, right? The Mormons. They've been running ads for my entire life. I've seen those ads since I was a kid. And, oh, they're, they're trying to trick us into becoming Mormons. <laughs> they make it look all happy all the time. No, uh, but those were, those, were, those were moral messages, good messages, and it was, they were presented by right, the Church of Latter-day Saints, whatever. The, the, I remember those ads. I never thought they were divisive. They were teaching, I thought, wisdom. How to behave in a society. You know, if everybody behaves this way, follows these rules, generally speaking, we're going to be okay. Um, John says uh, to an, uh, in an email to Pete at the PeteCallanderShow.com, Pete, they have had commercials running long before the Super Bowl the uh, the one tries to equate Jesus being a refugee with illegals coming across the Mexican border. Oh, I got you. That so they made it, but that one didn't run during the Super Bowl. All right, I've not seen that one. Um, but yes, I've heard that argument uh, as well. Jesus is a refugee. Actually, Jesus was going back. They were going back because the government told them to go back so they could get the head count. Right at the census. That's wasn't that why he was going back there? He wasn't a refugee at the time. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, but you know, I look. I understand that you can be compassionate, right? But also follow the rule book that the society has. You know, sign the guest book on the way in the door. I don't think I'm being completely unreasonable. I also say that the um, you know countries are not really. Diff- you don't have a country if you don't if you don't have borders. Because then what jurisdictional authority do you have? If you don't have a recognized border, then like your laws would just what bleed over into other countries and their laws into your countries. Like what's allowed over there is different here, but we have no way to know when the law applies. No, it's all based on jurisdictional borders. And so you get to create your own laws inside your own borders. Anyway, um, let me go to the Twitter machine here. Uh, do, 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 
do uh, the deity. Uh, this is from Icky Foo. The deity would not need a PR campaign if Christians acted Christ-like. Well, I think the PR campaign also is for Christians. It's a reminder. Just a heads up here, like, um, just because you accept Jesus or are a Christian, it doesn't mean you become perfect, right? Christians know that better than anybody. <laughs> and so they, uh, I mean, that's the whole point, is that you're you're fallen. We are all fallen. We are all sinful. Uh, and, but, you, you know, through Jesus, we can be redeemed. And the, I don't know, the, the PR campaign, that's just, it's a way, I think, to attract more people to the mission, to the ideas. Because it doesn't say, make sure you go to this one church, this one denomination, right? It doesn't say you got to go to one, of, one or the other. It just says, hey, get to know this guy. This was what he was about. And so you got to reach people where they are. you got to go to where they are. Um, and I also think it's a reminder for Christians as well. It's a good, it's a, yeah, I don't know. I saw the first, I saw those two ads during the Super Bowl and I thought this is a good ad campaign. Um, Pete, if I, here's another message. If I understand, uh, oh, sorry, this is from Twitter. It's a Pete tweet. If I understand their criticism, Pete, it is that they feel the ads for feel good Christianity, love the sinner and be tolerant of his sins. Yeah, I don't know. I think people project onto that stuff their own versions of what they look. There, this is the reason why there are different denominations in Christianity too. I don't know. See, this is where this is where my live and let live philosophy kind of just make it creates this confusion in my mind. You know, nobody's telling you to go be Baptist. They're not saying go be a Methodist or Catholic. No, they're just saying, hey, there's this guy Jesus. Check him out. If you're if this is Anxiety. I saw the bill. There was one billboard uh, I saw the other day. And it was something like uh, uh, "Suffering from anxiety, Jesus can help" or something like that. And you know, he gets us. So that that's just a welcome message. It's a it's a message to as many people as possible. And then where people you know go down those roads to find out more about him and to find out more about Christianity, I support all of that. I don't know. Um. Okay, and uh, oh, and somebody now sent me the uh, the refugee commercial. So we got that. I also have this uh, ad agency in Charlotte that's mad because people are mistaking them for the ones that made the quote controversial ad. Uh, so we'll get to that. Email Pete at the Pete Callender Show dot com. Also on Twitter at Pete Callender, where I got uh, thank you uh, Icky Foo for sending over the uh, the video, and uh, I watched it, and it tells the story. Okay, so I was thinking, I don't know why I was thinking this. I was thinking, like, their arrival in Bethlehem. They were there for the census. But then they left Bethlehem because, yeah, Herod was trying to whack all of the kids, all the all the men, right? So, uh, so Joseph and Mary fled with Jesus, with baby Jesus, to Egypt. And so here's what their website, hegetsus.com, says. Imagine the circumstances. Two young parents grab their toddler and whatever they can carry on their backs and flee the country There was no safety for them in their homeland, so the only option was to seek foreign soil. We don't know much about their time in Egypt. I believe John Prine called them the missing years. But one can only imagine that they probably ran from their home and tried to stay hidden as long as possible. Being young, poor, and Jewish, it's unlikely Mary or Joseph spoke Egyptian. It's possible the young family sought shelter and help from other Jewish communities scattered throughout Egypt. Uh, They might have even found and stayed in one of the synagogues, 
that we know were in Egypt at the time. After King Herod's death, Joseph and Mary returned to Israel, but the impact of being displaced always stuck with Jesus. We can see it in his compassion towards others uh, who were labeled outsiders, like the Samaritans, the lepers, the tax collectors, and the sinners. And this is a scripture reference, Matthew 2.13-15. Uh, to 15. So, um, so that's where they're that's where they're drawing on it. Now, are they advocating a political position here? I'm not. I mean, like, again, I don't see where they are saying that we need to open the borders. They're saying we have refugees fleeing these other places. That means we can still be compassionate about that, and we can have systems. But see, so here's the problem: like, I don't believe that. I mean, if you get people that are fleeing, let's say. Uh, like drug cartel violence, they're, they're wanting refugee status because their country is being overrun by uh, crime and such, right? And you have a process in place then. And you can have them come through. So this way we know that the people who are coming in are actually fleeing the violence, right? But they don't say we have to let everybody in because there may be people that are trying to come in not because they're fleeing violence, but they're trying to commit violence, right? That. Therefore, you construct rules, and you have people sign the guest book when they come in. Like, this is—I don't know. I, I don't think it draws—I don't think it makes that kind of a conclusion, nor does it advocate lawlessness. Um, this campaign, though, this uh, He Gets Us campaign, it has prompted criticism from the left, which is just going to criticize, like, everything— Religious, apparently, but um, it says the ads are part of the campaign's efforts to reintroduce people to the Jesus of the Bible and his confounding love and forgiveness. Yet, as the campaign pushes a message of unity, the ads have been called out in left-leaning circles for their ties to conservatives. Right, because... The campaign's parent organization, the Servant Foundation, also known as the Sigantry, S-I-G-A-N-T-R-Y, Sigantry, um, it has connections to a legal group which has worked to push legislation diminishing LGBTQ rights, according to CNN. Okay, so the parent organization has connections to, which they don't describe here, they don't describe them, but it has connections to a legal group that has worked on legislation that CNN calls diminishing LGBTQ rights, which, forgive me for not accepting CNN's description of any piece of legislation when it comes to LGBTQ rights, because they will view all things, and they adopt the narrative from the left, and whatever branding, you know, don't say gay, Bill, whatever branding the left promotes, CNN amplifies, and they will call it everything that the left calls it. <clears throat> so, no, I don't believe that. The, um, oh, also, also, this might be the most damaging. The co-founder of Hobby Lobby is a contributor given the money. He's taken all of that Christian hobby money. And he's 
pumping it into these ads. He discussed the ads in an interview with conservative radio host Glenn Beck. So this is where, of course, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, AOC, this is what she attacks. Here we go. On the Twitter machine, she says, quote, something tells me Jesus would not spend millions of dollars on Super Bowl ads to make fascism look benign. What? What? Something tells me Jesus would not spend... Oh, Jesus would not spend millions of dollars on Super Bowl ads. Yeah. I I mean, I don't know if he would or not. I would assume he probably would not because he didn't have any possessions. He didn't have a bank account. He didn't... Yeah, he just like walked all around. Jesus didn't have a house. Did he have a house? Again, like there's a lot of gaps in the historical record here. Maybe he did have a house of some kind, but when he got to be older, no, he was always just walking. He was just walking around all the place, all over the place, right? But again, I don't feel confident to say that I know Jesus would or would not. Like maybe Jesus is, you know, comes back and he's like, hey, you know what? I'm going to be a marketing executive. That's how I'm going to spread the message. I don't know. It's Jesus. I would defer to him. He's Jesus. That's how I would do it. So, like, I, I try not to ever say, you know, Jesus would do this thing. Like, the whole thing with the wristbands, was like, what would Jesus do? I don't know. I never wore the wristbands because I don't know. I, I have an idea, but I'm going to try. I could try to think what he would do and try to be like that but and try to behave like that, but you never know. Um, so he would uh, what Jesus would not spend millions of dollars on Super Bowl ads to make fascism look benign. What is... What is the fascism? Is everything just fascism now? It's like everything is racist. Is that the idea? Everything is fascist? Everything I don't like is fascist. Is that the idea now? You've got the one where people are yelling and screaming at each other, and it says, Jesus loved the people we hate. And her response is, fascist! Really? That's the... Okay. You might need some more Jesus. I'm just thinking... (laughs) I'm not sure Jesus would or would not approve. I don't know because, I, you know, I don't know. But I could think of a way or I could think of a scenario that Jesus might approve of people voluntarily collecting all of this money and using it to spread his message. I, I think he would. I think that could be something he would approve of. I don't know, but I think it could be. And what else? Oh. Uh, we have, oh, yeah, we got Judd Legume, uh, who is not a vegetable, and uh, Sawyer Hackett. A couple of their comments, too, I need to get to. But there's also Haven Creative. Haven, not not Heaven, Haven Creative. And it's a Charlotte marketing agency. Local advertising agency gets mistaken in controversial trending Super Bowl ad. <laughs> So they're labeling it controversial. I, I don't know. I guess it is. I, I don't think it is. I didn't see it as controversial or polarizing or divisive. I guess some people did. I don't consider it that. But I do applaud the marketing company for seizing the opportunity to build their brand awareness. Very meta. Very, very meta right there. They say they've gotten phone calls, though. If you want to send an email, Pete at the show.com, which is where I received this from Scott. Says Pete, I think Jesus would buy Super Bowl ads. 
I'm sure his budget is unlimited. Like our federal government, if he were to run out of money, he would just print more of it. That's true. A double rim shot for Scott. Thank you, sir. Uh, Jason says, Pete, it is funny how no one likes these commercials. The more conservative Christians don't like it because they show a progressive form of Christianity. The progressive Christians don't like it because they are typically against evangelizing the faith. Political leftists don't like it unless Jesus is promoting communism. I am enjoying your show. That's so true. Yeah, the only time you ever hear, like some of these arguments that you hear, I'm always fascinated by folks on the political left who will conjure Jesus's name in order to advance communism, right? And that's what the refugee ad, and I've heard that argument, and maybe that's what it triggers in people. Uh, You know, Jesus was a refugee. I've heard this ad before, um, and I've heard this, I've had a debate about it a couple times, actually, before. But that doesn't uh, eliminate, you know, Jesus's status as a refugee doesn't, uh, uh, it doesn't require your particular political uh, prescriptions to be implemented. Right? You you can, I always say this, it's about many different issues, but it always comes up, it's the same argument, really, which is, I think we have the same idea, such as, how do we care for people, right? How do we prevent people from being poor? How do we get them out of poverty, right? These types of questions. How do we make sure nobody is starving in the streets, so how do you do those things? We, do we agree that we would like there to not be anybody starving in the streets? I raise my hand for that. I would like there to not be anybody starving in the streets. Okay, how do we go about doing that? And I want to take this path, free market capitalism, nonprofits, churches, civic organizations, people who feel inspired to uh, donate time and treasure to help address these things, and some other folks would like varying levels of government interventions. Okay, well, I disagree with your preferred course to get to the same goal. That doesn't make you or me evil, right? So many different topics this relates to. But yes, I have heard these people who use Jesus to promote communism. I, like I, Again, I don't want to speak for Jesus. I'm definitely not qualified to do so. But uh, I do feel like I, I do feel like I'd, he wouldn't be a big fan of it. <laughs> just by the results, it's proven out. You know, over the years, I'm just saying it's got a it's got a lot of body bags. I think Jesus was opposed to that kind of thing. So, uh, all right, let me get to this Haven Creative, uh, Charlotte-based branding and advertising agency Haven Creative, recently received numerous mistaken complaints and inquiries about the controversial "He Gets Us" advertising campaign. Haven, a national branding and advertising agency based in North Carolina, is being confused with a Michigan-based agency advertising itself as Haven Creative Hub. It's not us. We're Haven Creative. They're Haven Creative Hub. Names strikingly and confusingly similar to Haven Creative's existing registered trademark. The creators of the ad campaign have elicited strong feedback on social media and in the press for the advertisement's polarizing messaging. They called it a highly polarizing campaign. They say they've gotten angry voicemails. Uh, Any threat to our bottom line is real for us. Our goal is to ensure the public understands that we are a separate group from this other agency. When it comes to protecting my brand, my team, or our clients' reputations, I won't back down, said the founder and CEO, Jenny Buchholz. 
So there you go. It's not them. You got the wrong ad agency, people. All right, so uh, this is uh, back to the Business Insider story. They quote a tweet from independent journalist, journalist, Judd Legume, not a vegetable. Um, he, this, this guy wrote for Media Matters. He was one of their hacks. He's not an independent journalist. He's a leftist hack. Anyway, he said, just FYI, the same group that is financing the He Gets Us Jesus ads is also helping finance the lawsuit seeking to ban abortion medication nationwide. Hmm. Yeah, because maybe, like, probably think Jesus would not have liked that, all the abortions and stuff. Again, not speaking for Jesus, but pretty confident he would not be cool with all of the abortions. Um, let's see what else. With the money, and this is Sawyer Hackett, no idea who this one, oh, Democrat strategist, says, uh, with, with the money spent on those ads, on their right-wing Jesus ads, they could permanently house... 1,600 people experiencing homelessness. All right, so we should just stop spending money on, on like, literally everything else then, shall we not? How much money do you think this Democrat strategist has attracted and spent through his campaign ads? I wonder how many hosts...